Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy. Today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solution has tools to, you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. Again, that's nethealth.com forward slash Litzy. All right, on to today's episode. I'm so, so happy to have on the episode this week, Dr. Emily Sherb, so otherwise known as the Circus Doc. So she is a physical therapist specializing in circus and performing arts medicine. Through her 30 years of training and working in the circus arts, she has gained deep insight on how circus bodies work in the air and on the ground. Emily now teaches workshops for circus artists, instructors, and healthcare providers with the mission of improving health and safety in circus training and performance. Her best-selling book, Applied Anatomy of Aerial Arts, was published in 2018. And she also has a special offer. Uh, you can get 80% off Emily's course, Learning the Ropes. Go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and click on the link for that uh, course. I highly suggest you do it. Emily is a wealth of knowledge. And in this episode, we talk about recreational circus. What is it? That was my first question. How physical therapy comes into play, common circus injuries, things physical therapists should be aware of when treating someone who is involved in circus. And she'll also talk about important lingo, one of her favorite circus stories, and get some valuable advice all on today's episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So enjoy everyone. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to get to spend some time talking about circus with you. Yes, and I'm excited because as we were talking uh, before we went on the air, um, it was it sort of changed my outlook on what circus is and what circus quote unquote performers are. So we're going to get into all of that, which I think the audience will really love. But before we do that, can you talk a little bit about your journey into this niche, into working with circus performers or circus athletes? Absolutely. Um, I started off as a kid who loved gymnastics, loved to flip and fly and just be in my body and move through space. And I stumbled on circus as a hobby at a summer camp when I was a kid. Um, so I started doing circus when I was really young uh, and realized that I loved to perform way more than I loved to compete. So the co competition aspect of gymnastics was fun for me, but I really just liked being out there in front of the judges and smiling and doing my thing. And I realized I could do that with circus. And it was a really collaborative, um, collaborative environment and very challenging in very similar ways. 
And so I started circus as a kid, uh, went through high school, continuing to expand my knowledge about circus and my own body. Uh, when I could, there was not a lot of resources for learning circus at the time. And after high school, I moved out to the West Coast and joined some aerial dance companies to continue to pursue it professionally, knowing I'd go back to school eventually. Uh, and I did. So I went, I went to undergrad every summer either working at a summer camp teaching circus because that was um, a popular place for circus schools to be or uh, wherever I could get a job teaching circus, doing circus uh, during the summers. After college, once again, much, much to my parents' chagrin, I took more time off to go back and do more circus. Uh, and I moved uh, to New York, to your neck, neck of the woods, spent some time there working with uh, a dance company called Streb and with Treppy School New York. Uh, while I was there and teaching circus, doing circus and professionally using my body through space as a performing artist before going back to grad school. And then even in grad school, I may have taken residencies and have done my clinical rotations uh, where there were circus schools. <laughs> so kept it as part of my life for sure. That's amazing. And now before we go on, can you define what circus is? So you're teaching circus and people think, wait, circus is, I thought circus was a show or right. an event. So I'm a little confused. So can you define what that is? Really great question. Um, when I say circus, it's also going to be slightly different than when someone else says circus. Circus is everything that can happen in a performance environment that would be defined as circus, which is debatable, even in the circus community. Um, so circus is acrobatics, it's aerial artists, it's juggling, it's clowning, it's acting, it's dancing, it's um, communicating through movement, it's uh, performing arts, and what qualifies a circus is kind of the definition of the individual company members that are involved in the, in the creation. When I say I'm teaching circus, for me, I'm primarily teaching aerial arts. I'm teaching flying trapeze, or I'm teaching... Um, Aerial silks is like that fabric that hangs down, or I'm teaching uh, static trapeze um, or rope or web. Uh, there's lots of different apparatus and lots of different challenges for the body. I just prefer my challenges to be off the ground and in the air. Um, so when I say teaching circus, I personally mean aerial. Um, generally, I have taught tumbling as well. Um, but circus is a huge, huge arena for um, challenges to the body and performance challenges in space. Awesome. And now when, when we are talking circus and when people think of circus, they might think of Ringling Brothers, Cirque du Soleil, these, you know, grand extravagant performance artists. But I know what you want to talk about is the growth of what we would call recreational circus recreational circus athletes, let's say. So I want you to talk a little bit more about that. I'm just going to throw the mic over to you to let the listeners know what the heck is that and where does a physical therapist come into play? Absolutely. Um, so circus in the U.S. has grown exponentially in the last 15 or so years. We went from having maybe 10 schools um, for all levels, but like I said, I started at summer camp. That was an opportunity. A couple of the universities around the country have had circus schools. So like Florida State University has one. Um, there's some youth circuses uh, in, in like Circus Juventus in um, 
Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, Wenatchee Youth Circus out here in Washington where I am. Those have been around for a really long time. But then there's um, this phenomena of circus rapid, rapid growth in this last 10 years. Um, we've gone from those 10 or so schools to having over 800 schools in the US that I know about. And that's counting circus schools. That's not including aerial yoga and um, that's not including pole dancing studios that might have an apparatus or gymnastics gym that might have an apparatus or two um, in their space. So circus has not only grown for recreational use of, um, it's not only grown for recreational artists across the country to, to try at, um, to do after work or on the weekends, it's also growing um, in these other niches and, and kind of just keeps expanding. So there's things that we can all do after work or on the weekends to keep our bodies healthy. This can be our, you know, our soccer game. Instead of soccer game, I'm going to go take a class and I'm going to stay fit and stay strong and build my community through the circus world. Um, the other thing that's really happening in, in an interesting way in circus is the development of what's called social circus, yes, which is using circus to do outreach and community building um, through specific groups, often involving a social worker or using um, trainings that have a lot of which have been developed by Cirque du Soleil through a program they call Cirque du Monde um, to do outreach in schools and in um, different settings that um, make people grow and increase physical literacy to also increase health literacy. Um, there's a urban youth circus in St. Louis called Circus Harmony that's been around for decades. I should know when, but um, it's been around for decades and they have, um, youth classes, and they also have these youth performers performing every weekend at a, at a museum. And they perform every weekend. They have the social responsibility of showing up, getting their work done. Um, they, they really have that community building element. There's also been studies um, all over the world, but the one I'm thinking of in Canada, uh, in the physical education system that uses circus is, as PE class to have uh, an equal growth of both boys and girls, and they find that it does not have a gender differentiation. Everyone has an increase in physical literacy in those, in those groups. So it's a great way of reaching out that way. Here in Seattle, we have a women's group, a women's circus group that's run by a social worker here, um, which is a really great resource for, the, for these women. We also have a boys and girls club group that comes in. Um, and we have on the other side of things, on the more medical side of things, we have circus that's been adapted for anyone to participate. There are juggling tools that don't actually involve throwing and catching. They involve rolling and gliding so that they can be a little more accessible. We can take our aerial apparatuses and lower them down to the ground so we can use it like the aerial silks, more like a sling or a hammock where you can tie the bottom together and you can use that for compression. You don't need to have quite as much balance or grip strength. Um, so we've been able to do work with kids with uh, cerebral palsy and had great work with them on the trampoline, kind of getting some, some input with them there and then taking them into the air and they get to do things that are cooler than their friends. Um, they get to go back into school and tell stories. And on the other side of that, we have adults with Parkinson's and we have a Parkinson circus group and using the novel learning, novel movement learning of circus um, with Parkinson's to, to make improvements and give them more comfort moving in their bodies as well. So circus has just really expanded um, into the recreational world and into every aspect of movement, which has been an incredible boon to, to see and, and to be on the sideline of as a physical therapist. 
my personal interests tend to be more on the orthopedic side, but if there's someone out there who really loves working with pediatrics and you want to get involved with circus, how cool, you know, someone, someone comes in your door and they have um, difficulty with dorsiflexion. Well, what if the goal is to hook their foot on something instead of just trying to make their ankle move, you know, and it gives different goals and, and different levels of excitement um, for all sorts of artists of all ages and abilities. I mean, this is so much more than I was thinking. I was literally thinking that what you do within circus medicine is just working with like Cirque du Soleil or professional. Like I had no idea the large umbrella um, that is sort of circus and that is circus performing. And yeah, so much more fun. It is so fun and so cool. And it's incredible because all these schools have popped up that most of us can, within a couple mile radius, uh, find a circus school to take a class in on the weekends if we want, or are likely to, as healthcare practitioners, have a client walk in the door who's taken a class and wants to get back to doing it as their physical activity. Okay. Well, now let's talk about that. So, because let's say you're a physical therapist and maybe this is not your specialty, But like you said, if there's this huge rise in recreational circus, we may be seeing people who are coming in for an injury that maybe they got while doing circus. So let's talk about what are some, and if there are um, common injuries that one may see, understanding to all the listeners, understanding, like we said, this is a huge umbrella. So we're not going to go over every single injury, but let's talk about some common ones that maybe the everyday PT might see from one of their recreational circus athletes. Probably the most common one that I see in my practice is chronic overuse of the shoulder. And when I say overuse, I mean underpreparedness for the activity that they're undertaking. And that's because most of us live our day-to-day life, especially right now, in front of our computers, typing away with our arms in front of us uh, and reaching out to our, our laptops. And then when we go into the circus world and we're all of a sudden asked to bring our arms all the way up overhead, stabilize our entire body weight without relationship to the ground or only in relationship to the ground if our legs are over our heads and we're in a handstand, our shoulders just aren't necessarily prepared for that level of load. And so there's definitely a, a pattern of different shoulder problems that crop up. So there's there's a lot of uh, chronic shoulder pain. And some of my job is also go into the circus schools and educate these artists that that chronic shoulder pain is not normal and that they can get rid of it. Um, so that's also a huge, huge thing is there's a a saying in circus that is um, pretty pervasive, which is circus hurts. And circus does hurt in that you're pushing your body in new ways. You may be having pressure against an apparatus, maybe you get a bruise and that's okay, but circus shouldn't hurt like an injury hurt, um, like deep in the joint hurt. So that's one of those things I try to get out there and and explain to people. There's of course more acute injuries, um, both of the shoulder and the rest of the body, but um, that that's one of the biggest ones, especially in my aerialists um, and a little bit in my hand balancers. And uh, even my recreational contortionists, that is a thing. We have recreational contortionists now, which is incredible. The other um, really big injury is hamstring strains. Proximal hamstring strains are a huge one. Mm, I can Same see that. Same thing. Yeah. So we're getting to end range, uh, possibly with dynamic motion. 
So maybe if they're tumbling uh, and working in the ground and they go to do a cartwheel for the first time as an adult or the first time in a very long time as an adult, and you're kicking your leg, um, approaching end range rapidly without necessarily the preparation, strength and control at that end range. So that's, that's another one that's really common. And then, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was say one of the, the third, probably most common injuries are ankle sprains, either from landings or falling off mats. So often protective equipment can also be an, uh, an interesting challenge as well. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, I was a gymnast for many years when I was younger and always had an ankle sprain. So I would feel like I remember being on crutches at least once a year, once every other year from an ankle sprain. So I can definitely see that. Now let's say you're uh, a physical therapist like me or others who do not, um, don't have like this vast knowledge on circus and what is involved. And someone's coming in to see me with chronic shoulder pain. Um, I don't expect you to go through a whole eval here, but what are some things, maybe some questions we want to ask some things that we should be aware of, and then, uh, maybe even some resources you can send us to, to look at, Hey, what are these people doing on that note? We'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. Great question, because I think it really will be a challenge that we all will face soon. I'm hoping Circus keeps growing beyond the pandemic and as, as Circus schools keep uh, keep expanding. Um, and I hope you will get to see eventually a Circus artist walk into your clinic. Um, so the first thing is ask questions. Ask questions, ask a lot of questions. It is okay to not know with these artists, they're expecting you to not know. Um, they, they probably learned relatively recently all the things that they're learning about circus. So ask questions, ask them what their discipline or their apparatus is. Ask them if they're an aerialist or a ground acrobat. Um, are they doing handstands on the ground? Are they doing handstands on another person holding them up? Are they hanging from a bar or horizontal apparatus um, grabbing kind of like with normal shoulder flexion? Or are they holding a vertical apparatus like those aerial silks where they might be grabbing one hand up stacked on top of each other? That just give you, gives you an idea of what kind of shoulder range of motion they're going to need and what they need to do with their bodies. Also asking what level they are because as recreational circus grows, circus artists, um, people are defining themselves as circus artists in different ways. So the recreational artist may still say, I'm a circus artist and so, might your professional. And so really diving down, what does their training look like and who are they? And then specifically to the shoulder, I just wanna reassure everyone that circus shoulders aren't that different. Um, they are just functioning at, at end range. So you just need to make sure that all the things you normally look at are working and are working at end range. So if they need to get into shoulder flexion, making sure those last 10 to 15 degrees that their mechanics look perfect. And I do a lot off the ground, uh, sorry, 
I do a lot on the ground without them being in the air. Uh, and you can learn a lot just by watching their movement through everyday activities, even if they're not having pain with those. They may only have pain with their circus activity, but there's still things you can see with your professional eye that really can be helpful. Awesome. And then obviously when you ask those questions, you look at that end range being so important and then you get into the treatment. And again, this is where, you know, as a physical therapist, you're looking at what are the demands of the sport? What does this person have to do? And how can you create a plan around that? Is that about right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so figuring out the demands of the sport can be really challenging if you don't speak the language or you don't know what the apparatus, the discipline is that they're doing. And here's the cool thing. Every single circus artist has a video of them training on their phone. (laughs) Oh, that's so smart. Of course. Right. So everyone's like setting their phone up in the corner and watching themselves train. Um, If they have a move that's painful, they usually have a video of that too. Um, If you didn't ask them in advance to take one, if you have that opportunity, that's fantastic. And if not, just ask them, hey, do you have a video of you doing that? And you can get a general idea of what they're doing. Um, if you, and, and that's interacting with your patient as well in a way that's kind of building that trust, um, trust with them, that, that level of interest. If you have advanced knowledge and you kind of know what's going on, Google it. It's amazing. There's so many beautiful performers out there and you can Google almost any apparatus and see how they interact and what they need to do. Again, it's going to depend on their level, but it gives you an idea or even better. If you do have access to a circus school, taking a class, if you have the, um, have the ability to do it, or just go and observe mm-hmm. and see kind of what's going on with their bodies. Um, it can be really fun and educational and the, both the students and the coaches usually love it. They love knowing that healthcare providers are interested and want to get involved with their bodies and help them perform better. Awesome. That's all great tips and great advice. Cause I just don't want PTs to walk away from our conversation and be like, well, that was really cool, but what am I supposed to do? Well, now you know what to do. Um, there are, there are resources out there to seek knowledge in how to work specifically with circus artists, but there's so much you can do with the knowledge that you already have. And that's the real key is use the knowledge you have and then seek more information. Mm -hmm. The artists are a great resource themselves and they really want to get the most out of the treatment and that interaction. I have learned so much from my artists. I give them an exercise. They come back making it three times more relevant and have taught me so much over the years, which is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And is there like lingo or jargon, um, that if you're going to be working with this population that you should really know? There is some lingo, some jargon. Um, I can, happily get you a link to a vocabulary list that I have. Um, and I'll, I'll get that over to you so that there's a little bit of a, a little bit of lingo that, that helps. There are some things that just having a few words means so much to these artists to just feel welcome. So taking the time to, to look over things like that is great. Some of the, the lingo you should know is aerial is anything off the ground. Um, a, a base or a porter is a person who throws someone else or moves somebody else, manipulates them in, in space, either from the ground or from hanging. The flyer is the person who's being manipulated, right? Um, and then uh, some other things that are really helpful, kind of coming from the gymnastics world, the idea of opening or closing a joint is kind of the similar to flexion or extension, opening in the shoulder case is flexion and closing would be extension, hips, um, 
closing the joint would be flexion, opening extension. So some, like when your artist is saying things like that, um, inversions, our hand balancers are doing inversions when they are turning upside down. Our aerialists are inverting when they turn upside down as well, but they're hanging from their hands. Um, so that's another really common place that there's pain is as we're changing through all those planes of motion. That's another really helpful term to know as well. Um, and then that, that vocab sheet just has some of the common ones on it. Of awesome. course, the circus being so broad doesn't cover everything, but it gives a, a good starting point, at least a starting point for Google. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'll have that in the show notes at, uh, on the website under this episode so that people can, can click and download that. And, you know, as you're saying all of this, gosh, it does sound a lot like the competitive cheerleaders the flyers, the base. So, you know, learning about the rehab, learning about rehab within the circus space can really translate out to a lot of other areas of, of athletics, I suppose. And the other way around. So if you are working with say gymnasts or parkour artists or climbers or cheerleaders, um, there's, there's so much interrelatedness of the movement. Uh, there's so there's so many connections in, in how um, there's so many connections in how these artists move to other things because circus is so broad. It comes from a tumbling background. It comes from a climbing background. It comes from all these things that have been pulled into what is now currently circus, either in a contemporary or a more traditional sense. Yes. Yes. I think that's great. And and for me, this cleared up a whole heck of a lot because I had no, I mean, I had an idea of um, maybe what a physical therapist can do, but boy, it's so much more. It's just so much more. This was great. Um, so much more than I thought. Like I would have never thought of working with children's cerebral palsy or adults with Parkinson's or um, the recreational, the growth of recreational circus didn't even come into my head. And I'm in New York city. I see that trapeze on the Hudson, you know, like I know it exists and I know it's not professionals using it. Yeah. You know? yeah, we, all yeah. saw, we all saw that sex in the city episode when Sarah Jessica Parker was flying on that trapeze. Right. Absolutely. I was uh, happy to be involved with that school at the time. And it was a blast to be there. Yeah. Oh, I bet it was. Um, <laughs> it really was. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So I, so when people, when therapists say, oh, I'll, I'll probably never see anyone that works in the circus. Ah, you don't have to but be a professional. Might. So you might. You don't have to be a professional and those recreational artists need help. And um, if I have a moment to tell a story, yeah, I would yeah. love to. One of my favorite stories is I had the pleasure of talking to someone, not a patient, actually. Um, she's a 72 year old woman. And she was telling me her story, which is uh, she went golfing and she hurt her shoulder playing golf. Her club hit into the ground, hurt her shoulder. And she was fine doing everything she does except for pole dancing because she was a, also a recreational pole dancer. And so she went to go see her doctor and she said, Doctor, my shoulder hurts when I pole dance but I'm fine. Otherwise I heard it playing golf. And he said, well, you shouldn't pull dance. That's dangerous. Stick to golf. And it's like, it's just so interesting. Our preconceived notions of mm -hmm. what are normal activities for our body. She's 72. She's spinning in space. She's holding her body weight up. She's doing proprioceptive training, strength training, um, full body movement, mobility work. 
how much better can it be than mm-hmm. that? And, but golf is the normal activity. So the more we normalize recreational circus and um, make it more part of our practice, the more helpful we can be to keep our patients healthy and active in doing the things they love. Amazing. And I have to tell you, after the, watching the Super Bowl halftime show, not this year, but last year with JLo and Shakira, I was right? like, okay, I think I, I, I need to do some pole dancing here because, oh my gosh, like JLo is out of this world, you know? <laughs> it's an amazing fitness t- tool. It yeah. really is. It yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. so many aspects. Yeah. Oh, and I never thought of that as being in circus, uh, again, under that circus umbrella, but of course it is. It's just your apparatus is the pole versus yep. the silks. Exactly. Exactly. And again, it'll depend on the person and how they want to define circus because it keeps Mm -hmm. changing but there are many circuses now that do include pole and there's even something called swinging pole or hanging pole that moves in space instead of just staying static oh my gosh no thank you it's (laughs) exciting oh my gosh that's crazy well is there anything do we gloss over things is there anything that we didn't hit that you're like oh i really want the listeners to take home this I just really want the listeners to understand that circus really is for everyone that you can go take a class right now and that you might have a client in your waiting room at any moment that has at least some experience with it and being able to speak that language or having a little understanding of what they do can really go a long way. Excellent. I love it. Now, where can people find you? Where, what's your website? Where are you on social media? If they have questions, they just want to say, wow, this was awesome. Where can they find you? They can find me on social media at the circus doc on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm on most of the things I was going to say all the things, but I'm not on TikTok yet. Um, but I am out there on, uh, at the circus doc and my website is the circus And through there, you can find uh, the courses I teach, uh, and lots of information, lists of physical therapists that like to work with circus artists and other resources to help improve your knowledge about circus bodies. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. And before we sign off, I have one last question. And that's knowing where you are now in your life and your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Let's say right out of, right out of PT school. I think the biggest thing is uh, taking the time to, the biggest thing is to be brave enough and to take the time to listen more. Hmm. I think it really does take bravery to admit you don't know everything uh, and to do more listening and do more and better question asking both of my patients and of mentors and of just the resources around me. I think in the last couple of years, I've just done such a better job of connecting with humans like yourself and, and taking the time to ask questions because you just never know what you're going to learn and where you can help each other on this great journey that we're not in competition and having the bravery to collaborate. Amazing. What great advice, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on. This was great. I'm like so excited because I feel I learned now. I'm like, I was like, I want to go take a class. So next time I'm in New York, we'll go together. Perfect deal. I will hold you to that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Karen. This was a bunch of fun. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. And a big thank you to Emily for a really great overview of circus, the sport of circus, and how where physical therapists fit in. And of course, thanks to NetHealth. So again, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They can help you get found, get chosen, get five-star reviews on Google. 
If you sign up, complete a marketing audit to learn how they can help. They'll buy lunch for your office. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash Litzy. That's nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.